What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. It is Wide Receivers Part 2, a.k.a. the Tank Dell Show. Yeah, we've got an exciting late round pick. Definitely someone we need to talk about. Welcome to a Friday morning podcast. It is August 11th. We've got a mailbag coming up later today. If you want to watch it, youtube.com slash today. Or if you're just listening, you'll hear it on Saturday. Adam Azer, Heath Cummings, and Jamie Eisenberg. So we're going to go through ADP today. If you missed the end of yesterday's show, we focused on the round one wide receivers uh, Jefferson, Chase, Cup, Tyreek Hill, and Stefan Diggs. We talked about all of them at length. Today we'll start with C.D. Lamb and the rest of the round two guys, and we'll go basically through the end of draft. So which mid-round breakout's going to have that big league-winning year? Is this finally Jerry Judy's time to shine? You heard Dave talk about how much he likes Judy yesterday. Is DeAndre Hopkins done at his age, or is he going to be a great value or somewhere in between? And how about the year two wide receivers? How many of them are going to have major impacts? All right, uh, Heath, why don't we start with round two? And we'll use Fantasy Pro's average draft position in PPR leagues again. And it is CeeDee Lamb uh, at the very beginning of round two. Devontae Adams, A.J. Brown, Amonra St. Brown, Garrett Wilson, and Jalen Waddle. So you said yesterday that Waddle is not in the same tier as the other guys, right? Because he's not the number one guy on his team, right? He's not in the same tier for me as the other guys. I wouldn't say talent-wise he's not. I think he absolutely belongs there. But I do think that the target disparity between he and Tyree Kill. Listen, I, I think if you put Waddle, Smith, like those number two wide receivers who we still think could maybe sneak into the top 12, just about you know 10 spots later in ADP for me, than the guys who are the number ones, the the A.J. Browns, the Amon Ross St. Browns, the C.D. Lambs, those guys. And, and Jamie, what do you think uh, overall about this group? It's Lamb, Devontae, uh, A.J. Brown, 
Amonra St. Brown, Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddell. You, do you love all six of them? Absolutely. Uh, and I would put Devontae Smith there too. I, I, I love all those guys. I think they're all round two picks or at worst case scenario, early round three. Do you see a separation in those six? No, I don't. I, I mean, well, yes, I, I'm sorry. Yes, there is a separation in those six, which is why they're ranked where they're ranked. But there's the ability to be number one wide receivers, top 10 wide receivers with a chance to maybe be top five if things really go right. But uh, yes, I think all those guys, those those 12 should be the top 12. And there's a lot to love about all of them. I hate to be a jerk. I think that's 11, though. Oh, no, you have Smith 12. Okay, I'm sorry. Devontae Smith would be... Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, again, 136 I targets last last season. Uh, more receptions on his team than AJ Brown, and entering his third year. So I think building off the way that he finished last year is going to matter this season for him having another standout performance. Do you like him better than Devonte Adams? No, the cutoff for me for Adams is after I, I would take Adams over Jalen Waddle, uh, but I I think Garrett Wilson, Amara St. Brown, AJ Brown should all be going ahead of Devonte Adams. Do you both have C.D. Lamb six? No, I have a Monroe St. Brown six. Oh, that's right. Heath, you have. C- I have Lamb six, St. Brown seven, Adams eight. Okay, so you have the same top seven in some order with those five we talked about, and then Lamb, St. Brown, or St. Brown Lamb. Um, okay, so that's in PPR. Uh, what about in like half PPR? Is St. Brown still a top seven guy for both of you? Yes. Yeah, I think the problem is I'd probably have him eighth because I'd move A.J. Brown ahead of him in, in half PPR. Let's compare these guys to some of the running backs that are going in that range, like Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Taylor, and Tony Pollard. How many of those wide receivers should be taken ahead of Henry, Taylor, Jacobs, Pollard? Or should we just do like one and one? Should we take one wide receiver, if we can, one wide receiver there? But this might be just a second-round pick, actually. This might be just you have to choose one or the other. Uh, Jamie, what do you think about them against those four running backs, Jacobs, Taylor, Henry, Pollard? In a vacuum, I would take the wide receivers, uh, but it would obviously depend on what I did in the first round, how I started my team. So I think if you started your team with a receiver and you want to have some balance, you could certainly go with one of those running backs. If you want to go running back, running back, that's certainly a route you can go. If you want to go wide receiver, wide receiver, that's an easy thing to go. But in, in a vacuum for me, I have all those running backs actually after Jalen Waddle. So those running backs don't start for me until 19th overall with Henry. Okay. And this is where like, I think that the, the split happens. Uh, Cause I said 10 picks, these running backs, except for Pollard, who's ahead of the, I don't have the same concerns right now with Pollard that I do Henry Taylor or Jacobs. Um, but I, I'm taking those top 10 wide receivers before Henry Taylor and Jacobs. And then Higgins, Smith, Waddle, the elite number twos, for me, come after Henry Taylor Jacobs. All right. And finally, anyone, and this will be a little bit of a repeat from what we said yesterday, but in this group of Lamb, Adams, A.J. Brown, St. Brown, Garrett Wilson, Jalen Waddle, I won't put Smith here just because he's not there necessarily in ADP. He's about four picks after Jalen Waddle, who's at the very end of round two in Fantasy Pros. Smith is clearly more lumped in with Higgins and Olave. Uh, but, you know, with those six wide receivers, who scares you? If anyone, Adams. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Waddle. Like I don't have Waddle in that group, so I guess he would have to be my answer. Does Adams scare and you I, too? 
I don't I'm I'm struggling with that because of how incredibly quarterback proof Devontae Adams has proven to be. Like he averaged a hundred yards per game last year with Jarrett Stidham. And he really saw very little drop-off from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr. And I don't even remember who it was that he played four games with the year that Aaron Rodgers missed half the season, but he was incredible with that guy too. Like I I don't I don't believe that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be somebody who negatively impacts Adams. And I'm not even sure that I believe that whoever's backing up Jimmy Garoppolo is going to negatively impact Adams. Oh, what was the name of that guy? <laughs> oh, it was a, oh man. I'm going to find it. It was 2017. Yeah, I think he was something like wide receiver eight-ish during that stretch when Rodgers missed half the season. Uh, you mean who was the backup quarterback yeah, in Green Bay? Who was that guy? In 2017? <laughs> I've, uh, I've got it. Who is it? If you, if you want to guess or I'll just tell you. Ugh, I know I've said his name so many times. I kept bringing this up last year when he went to the Raiders, uh, but I'll, I just can't remember. Brett Hundley. Brett Hundley. <laughs> yes. Good job. Thank you. The best. They say he was the best Brett that ever played quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. That's why I remembered his name. Um, all right, so we're we're good there. We had a nice AJ Brown uh, discussion yesterday. We we discussed uh, the Eagles, but if you're going to put Devontae Smith in that, you know, he should be a late. He could be a late second round pick. I guess I'll just ask you again. I mean, I am a little concerned, and nobody seems to be about the target distribution on this team, Jamie. But if you're saying that two of those guys are clear top 12 guys and worthy of second round picks or for Smith, maybe at the two, three turn in a 12 team league, then you don't seem to have uh, many concerns. But my concern is I expect more running back targets for the Eagles. And I expect more Dallas Goddard targets for the Eagles. He had 69 targets last year. And I just don't know how that plays out uh, with Philadelphia, with Brown and Smith this year. They may get more running back targets, but I think where that, comes is at the expense of having a worse run game because I think what they're looking at here and you're hearing all sorts of things about maybe Kenneth Gainwell is the best running back in Philadelphia. You know, I I, I saw something yesterday where Rashad Penny is running specifically with the second and third team as a running downs guy. And DeAndre Swift is only being used really as a pass catcher in a pass catching role. So this is going to be a very interesting scenario to see how do they replace Miles Sanders and do they have the same success as a running team? Is it just a group? Is it just one guy? You know, how is it going to all work out? So uh, I think he said this yesterday that this is where we see more pass attempts for Jalen Hurts. They put more on his plate as he continues to develop and grow in that area. And when he has the weapons that he has, and now including DeAndre Swift as a pass catcher, that's the strength of this team. So they'll still run. They'll still have a su- successful run game. But I do think that takes a step back and the passing game takes a step forward. And if you're going to like, I think there maybe there are concerns about Brown's targets relative to other top nine wide receivers. But if you're going to have a guy who's going to be last in targets amongst that group, should probably be the guy who's averaged 10.2 yards per target for his entire career and has an 8% touchdown rate for his entire career. Like he's been Tyreek Hill, Tyler Lockett efficient with his targets. He could see 140 targets and you could reasonably expect 1400 yards and 10 touchdowns. And you just you can't really say that for anyone else. And then I think like if you look at at what their passing game did in the first half and the second half, 
Um, like he had so much more production in the first half of games last year because they were just destroying people and didn't have to throw near as much in the second half. He had 84 first half targets last year, just 61 second half targets, 908 yards in the first half of games, just 588 in the second half. Okay. If they're in competitive games and the targets stay the same, he might actually be better than he was last year. All right, we got to wrap up on this group. I teased it at the end of yesterday's show. I forgot to bring it up today. Uh, does Garrett Wilson's schedule bother you at all? If you think the Bills are going to be, and the Bills were a pretty good matchup for wide receivers last year, but let's say Tre'Davious White gets back into form, and um, you know maybe they're tough. He's got the Bills, the Cowboys, the Patriots right out of the gate. He gets the Broncos, he gets the Eagles, um, the Chargers. Maybe they could be tough. They've got some good corners. Obviously, the Bills again. The Dolphins, he gets twice. Um, at least one of those games, Jalen Ramsey should be there. The first game is on November 24th. Uh, Atlanta could be, you know, good at cornerback. Houston's been a tough... It is a tough schedule. Does it matter to you at all? On paper, anyway, it is for Garrett Wilson. No, I, I think, you know, what we're seeing is his toughest competition may be what he's dealing with in practice. You know, I mean, going against Sauce Gardner, those those videos have been fun to see, you know, how those battles are unfolding. You know, not that he's not going to face, obviously, great corners like you alluded to. But, no, I, I mean, you know, Tredavious White's a great example. How many games did he miss last year? You know, so th- there, there's going to be tough matchups. There's going to be guys that emerge. You know, uh, th- those Dolphin games, you know, Jalen Ramsey may not be there, you know, depending on who you want to listen to. He may not be there even at that point. You know, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not okay. worried about Garrett Wilson's schedule. Well, then let's finally move on to round three. I think it's it's time to do that here. So that would be that very interesting group of Devonte Smith, T. Higgins, and Chris Olave, and DK Metcalf is there as well. Uh, so we said it yesterday. We do not think DK Metcalf belongs in round three, but everybody's very comfortable with Smith, Higgins, and Olave, right? Yep, extremely. And you rank them how? Smith, Higgins, and Olave. Higgins, Smith, Olave, but they're all within. I've got them 25, 27, and 29 overall. So, okay. And Olave, are we nervous about Michael Thomas here? <laughs> it feels like that's the only thing that could really prevent a huge year, I think, my opinion. I think it just comes at what expense you think Olave is going to, you know, be impacted by Thomas, or is everybody else going to be impacted by both of them? And so you have a banged up Rashid Shahid right now. You know, I, I know they have uh, a, a very interesting tight end group, you know, with Jawan Johnson and now Jimmy Graham. And um, why am I blanking on the guy from the Raiders who they signed? Foster Morneau. Morneau. Foster Morneau. Uh, Morneau, yeah. excuse me. Um, you know, it's, it's, an, it's an interesting group. Thankfully, he's healthy. That's the biggest yes, thing. Yes. Uh, but, you know, interesting group there. And will they get back to involving the running backs in the passing game? Because that sort of disappeared a little bit down the stretch. So... I, I think really for me, it's more, okay, I hope Thomas is back. I'd love to see what that looks like. But I think it's more so that Olave is now the alpha of this receiving core. And Thomas is the 1A or 1B, depending on how you want to view it. And so while he may get his, his healthy share of targets, which I hope, I think Olave's target's going to be there as well. And he's more of the big play threat. So um, Derek Carr was great last year you know, in supporting one wide receiver. We saw that with Devontae Adams, 180 targets. That's not going to be the case here. So I think you could see these guys, you know, hopefully 120 plus again if Thomas plays the whole game. But you're also banking on Thomas not playing a full season. I'm sorry, not not a full game, full season. Right. You know, you're you're not. How can you expect that? He's played 10 games over three three years. You know, so uh, 30 years old at this point. 
you know, so you, you just got to hope Olave, all those missed opportunities from how bad Andy Dalton was last year and the struggles with Jameis Winston early season, Derek Carr will be better. I, I hope Derek Carr is better. I think that the other minor concern is do they remain as run heavy as they have? Um, like they do have a, a really, really weird roster construction. They've obviously made running back a pretty big priority this offseason. They're carrying a fullback. They've got like six tight ends. Taysom Hill is going to be taking Derek Carr off the field at times. Um, so like I, there's a little bit of reason to be worried about that. But, and again, like I, I won't say the same thing I always say. No, well, look, there, there are, yeah. The the good thing with Olave is that he had 1,042 yards in 15 games as a rookie. That's right. that's just, it almost doesn't matter. I mean, guys who do that, that's just like the rocket ship emoji for the most part. But Michael Thomas only played three games. And, uh, and yeah, and, and we'll see. I, he was pretty good. He was better than Michael Thomas the first three games of the season. But in those three games, Jameis Winston was actually very, very productive. Threw a lot of passes, threw for a ton of yards. So they had a really good passing offense in those games. They went much more run-heavy later in the year. They had one of the best defenses in football. I didn't mention that. They, they, they got so good defensively, and they really were not a great fantasy team because they just kind of played keep away, it seems. And they're going to have six games this year against Desmond Ritter and Baker Mayfield and a rookie quarterback. Yeah. Okay. Um, so here's the so round three. I think is pretty easy because we just don't like Metcalf in round three, but we like all of those guys in round four. Those other three: Smith, Higgins, and Olave. However, you want to rank it. So round four. Why don't we just put Metcalf in round four? Now, here's what's really interesting about round four. We've You're been, statting ADP? <laughs> well, I'm just saying we're— He's not where, there. We, we can just say he's the consensus bust at, at FFT. Sure, but if you get him in round four— No. Okay. <laughs> you'd rather have him in round five. You'd, how many of these guys would you take over DK Metcalf? Debo Samuel, yes or no? Yes. Yes. Calvin Ridley? Yes. Yes. Do you think Calvin Ridley should be in round three? At this point, yes. top 36? I think yes. I have him at exactly 36. Amari Cooper? Yes. Over Metcalf? No, no Heath? No. Keenan Allen? Yep. Yes. Terry McLaurin? Yep. No. Ooh, yes. That's interesting. DeAndre Hopkins? Yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> DJ Moore? Yes. Yep. Jerry Judy? Yes. No. Christian Watson? Jamie, that's a yes for Jamie, right? Christian Watson. Christian Watson over DK Metcalf, yes. Okay. So I think what's so interesting here at this range is if you look at NFC average draft position, which we have been using for a while, there are 24 wide receivers off the board by the 48th pick. If you look at fantasy pros, there are only 19 wide receivers off the board. If you look at CBS... I think it was around 19 as well. Um, if you look at draft sharks, it's 21 wide receivers in the first four rounds of a 12-team league. So it's a pretty big difference to say, all right, should I get my number two wide receiver in the fourth round or can I wait into the fifth round? Because if you look at like just fantasy pros ADP, hey, holy cow, round five looks phenomenal. Round five is... Terry McLaurin, DeAndre Hopkins, DJ Moore, Jerry, Judy, and Christian Watson. <laughs> I 
I mean, th- we'd be thrilled with all or most of those guys in round five, right? Yeah. 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 So I can't use the, well, in our leagues, they go earlier argument. We should be using ADP. So you might be able to get someone we really, really like at wide receiver in round five. But I guess I'll lump rounds four and five. And um, eh, well, we'll just cut them in half. All right, ready? We got Metcalf, Debo, Ridley, Cooper, Keenan Allen. Metcalf, Cooper, Metcalf, Debo, Ridley, Cooper, Keenan Allen. Who's your favorite in that group? Metcalf, Cooper, Ridley. Yeah, uh, Metcalf, Debo, Ridley, Cooper, Keenan Allen. Ridley. It's uh, Debo, Ridley, Calvin Samuel. (laughs) Okay. Um, Debo for me is a bust in this range. Okay, go. Oh, why? Why? It's the same same thing we saw last year, and same argument for Kittle. There, there's going to be a target crunch, and I know he he did great with Purdy in those games, but only one game over 60 yards in the time that they were together. The rushing cratered when Christian McCaffrey was there, and I think if all these guys are going to be kept happy, and it's hard to say they're all going to be kept happy. You know, we could just sit here and say, okay, yeah, George Kittle's just going to lose. I don't think that's going to last for very long with the way that that guy's personality is if he's not getting some attention. So there's going to be stretches, I think, where Debo's frustrating. And if you look at his career arc, there's one season that stands out, and it's the one season where he was a dominant rusher. And I just think that we're chasing that production once again from 2021. He also had almost 1,500 receiving yards that year, though. He was he was amazing. He, in, he was amazing. In every aspect. Uh, Heath, you like Debo in this range, obviously. Yeah, I think like the one guy, if you're just looking at target share when Brock Purdy was quarterback, the one guy you shouldn't be as concerned about is Debo Samuel. He played five games with with Purdy, and I think, or maybe it was four, but he was the clear target earner. Now, his efficiency was awful, and I do think you should not expect him to bounce back to that incredible year that he had. But after Christian McCaffrey got there, like that was that game against the Chiefs, which I think Debo left early possibly. Uh, he played 86% of the snaps, and he had one carry in that game. But then it was 4-3, 2-4-4. Four, four, four. I, I think he's probably going to have 50 rush attempts this year, which probably turns into an extra 250 to 300 yards and and three to five rushing touchdowns. And he was on a 120-target pace after Christian McCaffrey got there, 125-target pace. I think a, a guy with his proven big play ability and – I love the fact that he's sending shirtless pictures to his head coach um, on a regular basis, telling him how he's going to bounce back from last yeah. year. Best shape um, of his life. We, lo- we, that, lo- we love those. Best shape of his life. Right. So, uh, yeah. like he Can he match what he did in 2021? No, I don't think so. I think 18 yards per catch and six yards per carry and all those touchdowns, like probably a little bit outlandish. But I do think we'll see a bounce back. His yards per target for the four years of his career, 9.9 in 2019, 8.9 in 2020, 11.6 in 2021, and then 6.7 last year. It, yeah, there's there's some weird. positive regression coming. He had one of the lowest ADOTs in the NFL among wide receivers and had a, still a very low catch rate, and that just shouldn't happen. So there, he just can't possibly be that bad. Um, I totally understand all the arguments uh, for and against Debo Samuel. He's a pretty interesting player. He's probably pretty tough to project, too. Um, 
but uh, let me ask you about two other guys in this range, Keenan Allen and Calvin Ridley, or Keenan Allen and Amari Cooper, and I want to give you two stats here. Keenan Allen has been top 13 per game in full PPR and top 15 per game in half PPR in six straight seasons. Amari Cooper has never finished higher than wide receiver 15 per game. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, you're ki- we're kind of hoping that Cooper can do something he's never done in his career. So even though we don't have him ranked in the top 15, but he's not far from it, right? So who do you like better, Keenan Allen or Amari Cooper? And are you comfortable with both of them as a round four pick? I would prefer Amari Cooper in round five. In PPR, I would love Keenan Allen in round four. Yeah, I think Keenan Allen early round four, Amari Cooper late round five. Late round five. Wow. So what is the hesitation with Cooper? Um, I think he's got more target competition than yeah. he had last year. Yeah, he really might. When when uh, Watson was healthy last year, he barely out-targeted Peoples-Jones and Njoku. It was only five games, and now you bring in Elijah Moore. Jamie, what's your hesitation with Cooper? Road games. <laughs> yeah. um no i I mean he said it you know there's uh there's a lot to like because again you know you're getting hopefully better quarterback play um but like you said there there was uh you know the target distribution and i guess it's just how much and i believe me i buy into these guys but it's just how much do you buy into still david njoku being a significant part like he was last year still elijah moore or, or hoping that elijah moore bounces back um where do the running back targets go if they're not gonna go to nick chubb you know so you know, that, that's, that matters too. But I also think we're just going to see a better offense. You know, I mean, you're, you're talking about, I think, all these guys now on the field. And so maybe they all, they all benefit. You know, so um, I still buy into Amari Cooper as a safe number two wide receiver. But I do think his ceiling is capped. So it's more, he's at a very good floor. Uh, but does the ceiling come down a little bit? And I think that's the concern for me. And that's the other thing is, like you were talking about, Amari Cooper's never finished as a better than wide receiver 15. Per game, or he's never yeah. been a top 15 wide receiver. No, uh, I think 15 per game, per game was, was the highest. Right. And game. so, like, I have a hard time projecting a 29-year-old wide receiver to have a career year. Right. Especially when it's a guy that there's not really a great reason to do that. And if the upside is wide receiver 16 to 19 per game, then I, I don't want to draft him as wide receiver 20 or 21 because we know there's a floor that's lower than that. Yeah, I, I guess the argument for Cooper is just look at Will Fuller, right? I mean, the, the number one receiver for Deshaun Watson has been absolutely elite. And then you could say, well, it was always DeAndre Hopkins, sure. But then it was Will Fuller. Will Fuller, I think, was eighth per game uh, before his suspension that year. So that's the argument for it. But, uh, I think right, that, but to his point, though, he was ascending at the time. You know, Cooper yeah, starting yeah. to hit the, the decline. 84.6 yards per game. At home, 53.7 yards per game on the road. <laughs> and that's not even fair because his one he had one amazing road game where he had 113 yards and two targets, and it was a neutral site game. It got moved to Detroit against the Bills. Two touchdowns. Two and, touchdowns. What did I say? Two targets? Yeah. Two touchdowns on 12 targets, and it was counts as a road game. Uh, for his career, Amari Cooper averages over 20 more yards per game at home, and he has 34 home touchdowns and 21 road touchdowns. All right, I could argue with you about DK Metcalf, but I'm not going to. And the the, the majority s- of uh, Deshaun Watson's games last year were on the road. Oh, well, so that's not that fair. For, yeah, that's the- <laughs> for, Cooper, for Cooper's reduction. <laughs> and then he had that one home game that was one of the worst weather games we've seen in years. Uh, the Saints game. Yeah. 
right, we'll leave DK Metcalf as a round three bust. Some would like him in round four. These guys would like him more in round five, which will bring us to round five and wide receiver. The, the whole thing about Metcalf is just so fascinating because he's. I, I just don't think people realize he's been outscored by Tyler Lockett. And, he, and he brought this up yesterday. He's been outscored by you know someone who, when you look at them, you don't expect one to be better than the other. And then now you're bringing in this very polished rookie who is going to make things uncomfortable for everybody there. So I just don't understand. Like you're either really expecting a big season from Geno Smith because the way that everybody else is getting drafted still, it's not like Tyler Lockett's going to the double digit rounds and Jackson Smith and the Jigba's ADP continues to rise on a weekly basis. So I just don't get how all this works. I would say Geno's going too low based on the ADP of the other guys. And two is going too low based on the ADP of his top two guys. And it does feel like like Tyler Lockett's clearly being penalized for JSN. Um, and Metcalf's not and right. Age, and Metcalf's no. not. But age too, maybe. Well, he's the same age as I mean, he's a year younger than Keenan Allen, right? And Devonte Adams and DeAndre Hopkins, or is he the same I age? Think, no, he's I year, think he's they're the same older. age. Thirty-one. And Keenan's thirty-one. Keenan is thirty, or is he thirty-one? I believe Lockett is the oldest of that group. Lockett will be him. 31 in September. Keenan, but okay, whatever. They're they're in the same age. Uh, you know, Keenan's older. He's 31 now. Same same group. You're right, but I just but, say Keenan Allen's being penalized for his age because if he's the same guy, then he should be probably a two three turn pick in a PPR league and not a. I, I, I would agree, it, it, but but I think he said it best. It, Tyler Lockett's being penalized, but I, I guess the same thing could be said about Mike Williams. They're but they're both kind of in the same scenario. They're both being penalized for a rookie being drafted, while the guy ahead of them, which by all accounts should be better. You know, Keenan Allen's got a bet, much better resume than Mike Williams, but DK Metcalf. You know, it's like we just keep waiting for that big season to happen. Not that he didn't have it two years ago, but it's Tyler Lockett was just as good. <laughs> That's the problem. It's just, you know, at, at some point you just have to realize, like, he's going to be one of the best values by far, Lockett, if the receptions just don't fall off the cliff because of Smith and Jigba being there. I think it's very strange that Metcalf's ADP is still in the third round. It's almost like he's the yep. one player that fantasy managers are just not reacting to the trends with you know they everyone's really savvy these days i just don't i just it is weird um i would yeah maybe you guys are a little too hard on him but uh because i could azer stat him very positively but i want i think it's going to be a little bit well, too you're going to talk about the, the red zone opportunities right? i'm going to talk about the t- the injury in so he's only had one great year it was 2020 but a 900-yard rookie season is a pretty great rookie season. So very encouraging rookie season. Huge breakout in 2020 as a sophomore. 2021, he was killing it before Russell Wilson's injury. And then Russell Wilson came back, wasn't very good. And DK Metcalf played through a foot injury in the end of 2021, had off-season surgery. I have no no excuse for what happened in 2022. It was simply a bad year for him. There's just no getting around it. He did have a lot of end zone targets, led the NFL in end zone targets, should have caught more touchdowns, but that doesn't explain the yardage. He had a bad year. Uh, I think the first three years of his career were very promising. The JSN thing, though, is obviously something that that is not good. Um, I, could I just say two things? Because there's somebody in the comments that I, I flashed one of them up. Like, JSN will be the main target in Seattle by Thanksgiving. I do think that should be more of a concern for DK Metcalf backers, because I think the, the, the long-term ceiling on, on JSN is higher. Um, but we have this discussion. It's not wide receivers, and so I'll keep it very short. Progression is not the opposite of regression. 
It's regression to the mean. Regression doesn't mean getting worse. Thank you. Okay, there you go. All right, we got to get to uh, round five here, which, as I mentioned, based on Fantasy Pros ADP, round five is a very exciting round. We will talk about that very exciting round after this very exciting commercial break. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we're back to look at picks 50, or 49 through 60. In ADP, on Fantasy Pros, and at wide receiver, that is Terry McLaurin, DeAndre Hopkins, DJ Moore, Jerry Judy, Christian Watson. McLaurin, Hopkins, Moore, Judy, Watson. Um, Before I get to the just analyzing these guys, the players going after them are Williams, Mike Williams, London, Godwin, Lockett, Ayuk. Where is the tier difference? You know, with Hopkins, McLaurin, DJ Moore, Jerry Judy, Christian Watson, are they a lot better than Mike Williams, Drake London, Chris Godwin, and then maybe Lockett, Ayuk later? Or is it kind of similar? I have a hard time answering that question because there's just no... um, my rankings compared to this ADP are so far all over the place. Like the only, the only real tier I see is the DeAndre Hopkins. I have a round and a half ahead of all these guys. Okay. Judy should be ahead of this group. I don't think Heath agrees, right? I do not, but I understand why. Like it's, it's, it's he's probably the best case for an Azer statted player and his Azer stats are incredible. His Azer stats, is he had three games where he barely played. He had something like 75 yards in those three games. You take those games out, he averaged 15.3, I think, PPR fantasy points per game. He had Devontae Smith's season. Uh, he had Jalen Waddle's full season, if you take out those three games. Now, of course, Waddle had the Skylar Thompson games. But let's say he had Devontae Smith's season. So he played like a third-rounder last year, um, Jerry Judy, without those partial games. And that was on the lowest-scoring team in football, and we're obviously hoping things get better for them. Just the way he closed the season, too. I mean, it's very promising. Oh, yeah. All right, I'll give some hot takes. Ready? I don't like Terry McLaurin as wide receiver 20. When I compare him him to everyone else here, it's a pass. Yep, 100%. He feels like Metcalf. I've got him at wide receiver 24, but I do have him ahead of several of the guys we've talked about. So, Do you guys like DeAndre Hopkins in general? Yes. Uh, Hesitantly, yes. Would you rather have I don't Hop- think he's going I don't think he's getting back to being an elite level guy. But I do think he can get you close to 15 points per game. Hopkins or DJ Moore? Hopkins. Uh man, I'm so torn on those two. Right now it's it's more. 
Okay, another hot back take. To back to back, though. I don't know how anyone could have any reasonable confidence in any <laughs> any type of projection for DJ Moore. How the hell are we supposed to know how DJ Moore's season is going to be? I'm just leaning toward age here, you know, and hoping that we see the look. You you, you can make a case. This is the best quarterback he's ever played with in Fields. Fingers you know, it Fields. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a hope and a prayer, <laughs> you know, but um, like. I think the easiest thing is to say that he had between 1,150 and 1,200 yards three straight seasons before last year, and so he's probably going to be in that range. Okay. But he did that once. He did that on the team, I think, that was second in pass attempts, right? That crazy year. They just throw Well, he did it three times in in completely different ways. He did it once on 163 targets with 93 catches. He did it once on 118 targets with 66 catches. Do you guys think DJ Moore could be the next... Stefan Diggs, Cooper Cup, get some quarterback upgrade and all of a sudden become an elite wide receiver? Yep. I don't think you can say elite at this point because that's a huge leap and we're getting to a point now, especially, look, how many Bears receivers have ever been elite? Musi Muhammad once said when he went Brandon there Marshall. and failed. Yeah, I mean, it's it's few and far between, right? You know, Musi Muhammad once had a famous quote where, it was Chicago's where receivers go to die. Now, there, there's been a lack of great receivers there. Um, they have, always have you know, traditionally great run game. Um, I, I hope he can become a star. I don't know if he'll become elite. I, when I answered the question, I was answering it assuming that Justin Fields could become the next quarterback to benefit from a huge wide receiver upgrade. Like it, okay. it, he cannot become the next Stefan Diggs or whoever other names you said if Justin Fields plays quarterback like he did last year. No, but we're there's lots of third year quarterbacks that we're expecting a big jump from, right? At least one. So, how would you guys rank Hopkins, Hopkins, Judy, Moore, Christian Watson, Judy, Moore. Hopkins, Watson. Watson, Hopkins, Moore, Judy. I'm surprised, Jamie, that Watson is fourth for you in, in that group behind uh, Judy, Moore, and Hopkins. I thought Watson was like your guy. Very excited about Christian Watson. But I think, again, you got to sort of factor in a little bit of what is Jordan Love? You know, and is he going to support Watson taking a huge step? I think he takes a big step, but a huge step. And then you also have to factor in they like Romeo Dobbs. They like Reed. They're using their tight ends a lot. It's a very young group. And Aaron Jones is still going to be a big factor as well. So it's they're they're you know, picks apart. It's it's not like one guy's a round ahead of the other. These are all, in my opinion, great round four picks. Yeah, and look, if the ADP is right, take one in round four and take one in round five. And give yourself a couple of shots here for either some young breakouts, more still young, and Judy and and Watson or Hopkins is not young, but he's still Hopkins. And then McLaurin, uh, does McLaurin feel closer to Mike Williams, Drake London, Chris Godwin, or or what? Mike Williams, Mike Williams' ADP in between London and Godwin is is kind of weird to me. But Williams is too high, but Metcalf is too high as well. You know, you you alluded to this on a, a show a few weeks ago when Dan was singing the praises of Terry McLaurin, and then he agreed with you shockingly <laughs> when you told him about the the downfalls. Um, 
I think Jahan Dotson's a problem. I, I think we have to see if Sam Howell can elevate two guys, you know, and get them to, you know, heights that we've never seen from McLaurin, um, but also, you know, helping Dotson take the, the next step. So I, I think for me, like I would put McLaurin, I wouldn't draft him the same way, but I, I, the way that I defined Amari Cooper, I think the ceiling is capped, but the floor is pretty good. You know, so he's he's a good number two receiver, but I for me he's in the group of Drake London, Chris Godwin, Deontay Johnson, Christian Kirk. You know, good, can be a safe number two receiver, but I think the upside is capped. You know what's kind of interesting here? If you think about these wide receivers that um did I cut you off, Heath? No, I just I, I feel like there's a little bit of, of crapping on Terry McLaurin going maybe I missed your uh your the point that Dan agreed with so much about Terry McLaurin. Oh, it was this simple. It, it doesn't matter how good of a wide receiver we think Terry McLaurin is in real life. He's never been on a good passing offense. He hasn't been on a 3,800-yard passing offense, and he's never finished higher than wide receiver 20 per game in any format. I think it's wide receiver 22 or 3 per game in full PPR. So it's just unfortunate. He doesn't catch a lot of touchdowns. He's got a higher kind of A dot, so he doesn't get like cheap touchdowns. And my point was just it's not a real-life argument with McLaurin. It's simply how does he... How can he be better? Because he's just so held back by his offense and he's never been higher than wide receiver 20. Yeah, I think the hope would be that Washington's offense is going to be better this year. Then it's ever a been a different in the offensive last coordinator and a different. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't expect it to be the same. Everything's different. It could be worse. And, and they've been pretty run. He's gone, he's gone through a lot of different offenses already, though, in his young career. and A lot of quarterbacks. Right. Yeah, but I think this is a part of a broader point is when you think about the guys who break out and have surprisingly great seasons, I would say they're on surprisingly great offenses. And you go to Jalen Waddle last year, and I remember this time last year saying, I don't want Jalen Waddle at the end of round four because I can't. I think his upside is capped with the presence of Tyreek Hill. It was one of my worst takes. Um, I don't think I was alone in it, but I never thought the Dolphins' offense could be nearly as good or Tua would be nearly as good as it was. And when I look at all of these receivers going here, I don't know how many of them can be on great offenses. And then the one that really jumps out is Mike Williams. But he's not even close to my favorite. He's not even close to anybody's favorite in this range. Maybe the Bears could have a great offense. I don't know. But I mean, does that do you guys think about that with McLaurin, Hopkins, DJ Moore, Jerry Judy, Christian Watson, Mike Williams, Drake London, Chris Godwin, rounds five or six guys? Um ah, where where's the offensive breakout? Well, I mean, how many of the offenses that we're now saying were really great last year? Like we've accepted the Detroit Lions as a top five offense. How hard would you have laughed at that at this time last year? It's hard to predict, but it's still something that we might want to spend some time predicting because wide receiver and wide receiver and offensive production are very much tied together. Wide receiver fantasy points. No, it's it's a it's it's a fair point, you know, but that's why, for me, like McLaurin's in in this group of. I hope Sam Howell's great. I hope Eric Bieniemy's offense is great. There's already a lot of bitching coming out of that team about yeah, how he's coaching these guys, you know. So the frustration is is probably starting to mount a little bit. Um, can a essentially well not not a, not a rookie starter, but a first year starter with one start under his belt and Sam Howell, who may show that he is going to run as much as he wants to throw, you know, from from his profile. Uh, can he support these two guys? And then when you factor in, well, we like Antonio Gibson and Curtis Samuel, I don't think is going away. And then whatever Logan Thomas and the tight end group does, there, there's there's a lot of mouths to feed here. And so 
that's why for me he's in more of the okay. The, there's some questionable quarterbacks, um, you know, and Drake London's got a questionable quarterback, but he's got a world of potential. Christian Kirk now has some competition, you know, with with Calvin Ridley. Can he still be as productive? Deontay Johnson's going to get a hell of a lot of targets, but is he going to get a hell of a lot of targets from a bad Kenny Pickett with an emerging George Pickens and an emerging Pat Fryman? You know, there's there's questions with these guys, and so that's for me where Terry McLaurin belongs because I think there's questions. There's been a lack of consistent production, uh, of, of, of top-tier production. He's been very consistent, but there's been a, a lack of top-tier production. And I think Jahan Dotson brings him down a little bit from reaching yeah. that top-tier production. And, so and I do I think, think he's, yeah. sorry, I, I, like I said, I, I've said this many a time, almost wide receiver, 15, 18, whatever you want to you know, put the cutoff, through 30. I'm perfectly fine with that group. If you tell me I'm taking one of them as my second and third wide receivers, I think that's that's a very big group and a lot, a lot of potential. And I guess that's what I was saying. Like, I agree with pretty much everything Jamie said about, like, the situation for McLaurin. It's just that, like, the quarterbacks of the guys who are going right after him are Ryan Tannehill, Justin Fields, the ghost of Russell Wilson, Jordan Love. Like, it's not as yeah, if. Yeah, no, I know. Like so, I like we're we're saying well, McLaurin can't be in this range because he's in this bad offense with a bad quarterback, and everybody that's being drafted around him is. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say he can't be in that range. He's just not the one that I draft there, um, and especially if you like Dotson as much as you do. But um, yeah, no, I mean it's a fair point. And then I think it brings you to a guy like Christian Kirk or Mike Williams. Kirk, I've got like way ahead of this group. So okay, so but you I'm like the, Christian Kirk, the Christian Kirk guy. <laughs> Uh, good, yeah. So uh, sometimes getting that number two guy on a better offense makes a lot of sense, like Devontae Smith last year, for example, or Tyler Lockett last year. Again, that was those were examples of offenses that we never thought would be as good as they were, at least the passing game for the Eagles. So it, that is hard to predict, but a lot of things are hard to predict in fantasy. Um, how would you guys rank Drake London, Terry McLaurin, Chris Godwin? Uh, London, Godwin, McLaurin. London, McLaurin, Godwin. And London's interesting because I always thought of him as sort of like a four or five turn kind of wide receiver. Like he would be there. I felt early in the process, people really liked him. And that's where he's going on NFC. And we had been using that for so long, but he's not going anywhere near that on the other websites. Fantasy pros, he's wide receiver. But what, was, what, was, what receiver number is he on NFC? 22. On okay, fantasy so pros. Yeah, on fantasy pros, he's 26 going 67th. On CBS, he's going after George Pickens, who's got a pretty high ADP, but he's going and I think that, that, that makes sense because London is viewed, but that's a, there's a lot of uh, high-stakes leagues in those NFC drafts, and those young, elite talents get pushed up in that format because those are the guys who have the breakout if things do go okay. Mm-hmm. And on Draft Sharks, he's wide receiver 26. He's going behind DJ Moore, Jerry Judy, Christian Watson, and Chris Godwin. So much, uh, I think, much more comfortable ADP if you want to get in on Drake London there. Uh, where do you think Mike Williams should go? Because in Fantasy Pros, he goes ahead of London, Godwin, Lockett, Ayuk. I think he's, you know, depending on how heavy the wide receiver draft is, end of round five, beginning of round six. You know, I, I, again, he's going, we're, we keep talking about, yeah, if, if Quinn, Quinn Johnson takes a step forward, and if Mike Williams gets hurt, and if Keenan Allen gets hurt, well, what if these guys don't get hurt? <laughs> you know, and, and they and they get the 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 motivation of of maybe losing their job, um, you know, to that big season. Justin Herbert's going to have a big year if he stays healthy, and things work out. I do think Kellen Moore is going to help him. I think the rib injury he's talked about that 
you know, I heard him on uh, Colin Coward show earlier this week, and he was saying how he had to adjust his arm angle because he couldn't throw over the top because of the rib injury. So, you know, now his, his mechanics are back to being normal. His protection is going to be better. Um, and I think with Quentin Johnson on the field, especially if that's the plan to have all three of those guys together, they're talking about Mike Williams playing in the slot a little bit more. So those receptions tick up a little bit, you know, so while the big plays will still be there, it maybe comes down a little bit because of, of, of a potential role change. He's not going to play exclusively in the slot, but that just opens up the potential of more catches. And if he's getting more receptions and still a red zone threat and still a big play threat, like he could, he could really be a, a huge steal at his cost. So I, I don't run away from Mike Williams. I, I don't, Love the ceiling because, again, of Quentin Johnston being there. But I, I don't run away from him. I think, again, round five uh, in a heavy receiver draft, round six is the, the the sweet spot for me, though. Yeah, amongst the guys you said, I've got Godwin, Williams, Ayuk, back-to-back-to-back, but all of them in round six. So okay. I'm I'm pretty much okay with whichever those guys falls to round six, but I'm not going into round five for any of them. And there are several guys we've not talked about that I have ahead of them. Such as? Um, Lockett, just ahead of those guys, Jordan Addison, Jahan Dotson, Deontay Johnson. Okay, let's take a break and we'll talk about those guys after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. We're into round seven of average draft position on Fantasy Pros, and that is Tyler Lockett, Brandon Ayuk, uh, Mike Evans, Christian Kirk, Deontay Johnson, and Michael Pittman. So it's a fairly big group. Tyler Lockett, Brandon Ayuk, Mike Evans, Christian Kirk, Deontay Johnson, and Michael Pittman. Just before we went to break, Heath, you said that Lockett, uh, Kirk, and Deontay were the standouts here, right? Yeah, it's Kirk, and then a gap, and then Deontay, and then a gap, and then Lockett for me. And Jamie, again, the six receivers are Lockett, Ayuk, uh, Christian Kirk, Deontay Johnson, Michael Pittman. I missed one. Mike Evans, too. Yeah, I agree with Heath. Uh, Kirk and Johnson, to me, are, are the, the the difference makers here. Uh, I would take them over McLaurin, for example, and over Godwin. So I like the upside for those two guys still. Um, I, I do think Deontay Johnson will score a touchdown, hopefully a few. Um, and Kirk will uh, you know, still be good, but I just think his ceiling, again, is now capped. And so it's a matter of you know how, how much does he lose with Calvin Ridley on the field, and we'll find out. Ayuk is tough. I have not read a single bad thing. I haven't read anything that hasn't been ex- exceedingly uh, glowing about Brandon Ayuk during camp. You know, he's just everyone is talking about him. But how does it happen? He, and he was really barely involved compared to Debo um, with Purdy, who doesn't have a strong arm. So, I don't know. Could he really have that breakout? Because, you know, Advanced metrics guys, film guys, love Brandon Ayuk. I almost want to take him just in case 
But Jamie, what do you think about Ayuk? I agree 100%. Um, this is the same ties into my Debo Samuel argument. Like, how do all these guys survive <laughs> with a quarterback coming off of elbow surgery in an offense that all these mouths have to be fed, uh, a strong run game? And so, yeah, I, I, I think it's hard to justify a Brandon Ayuk breakout without an injury um, or just something, you know, different happening that we haven't seen from, from the 49ers. Now, the way that he wins is the way that most of the 49ers win is that they get these guys open in space and he's having a big year from a touchdown perspective and a big year with a lot of yak and a lot of big plays, which is what he's capable of doing. So for me, he's safer as a number three wide receiver as opposed to a number two guy, which I think some people like to draft him as. Uh, but I think if you do take a chance on you know these number three type of guys, Ayuk, Mike Williams, Tyler Lockett, big play caliber receivers, um, Gabe Davis, you know, the, at the bottom end of it. Um, that's where you're hoping to win. You know, you're not you're not banking on a significant amount of receptions carrying them. You're you're counting on the big plays and the touchdowns to carry them. All right. So to sum it up. This group here, the three guys that we think are undervalued: Christian Kirk, for sure, Deontay Johnson, and we agreed on Tyler Lockett. That was. Uh, Lockett's in this range for me, but lower. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what round we're at now in Seven. ADP. Lockett's a round six pick for me. He was just the third highest ranked of the group of players you said. Is Mike Evans the lowest rank of that group? Or Mike Evans or Michael Pittman, do you ever find yourself drafting them? They're currently round seven ADPs. Settling for, not you know, reaching for. So this this is, I don't want to say it's a reach, but this is you know, the range, I think, where they should start to come into play. But again, that comes with two caveats. One, is it a very heavy receiver draft? And two, have other guys come off the board? You know, for me, like, I like two rookies better in Jordan Addison and Jackson Smith and the Jigba that I would take over Pittman and, and Evans at this point. I agree with that. And like Evans, I'm okay with at the end of round seven. Um, I might get to the point where I take a third rookie, Zay Flowers, over him as well. But I'm okay with him around Same. pick 84. Um, I and I could this could be proved to be wrong, but I just have no interest in Michael Pittman. He's at the end of round eight for me. I, I don't think I've drafted him once. I was thinking about this. Is this crazy? The difference between the Michael Pittman ranking, if he had a full season of Gardner Minshew versus a full season of Anthony Richardson, might be something like 20 spots at wide receiver. Is that crazy? Not. Too much? What's his what's his wide receiver ranking now? Uh, you tell me. I mean, he's thirty third in ADP, but you don't like him so much. Like, I think I feel like you probably have him lower than that. Would thirty third be his best per game finish in the NFL? No, no. Last year he was twenty one. I think uh, the year before that he was pretty per good. game. Yeah, twenty one in PPR. He had nine hundred twenty five yards in sixteen games. He had ninety nine catches. So he was yeah. 21 per game. He was 36 per game in non-PPR, 21 in full PPR. In, okay. This is Michael Pittman we're talking about. In 2021, he was 27th per game in both formats. 2021 was a good year for Michael Pittman. They were terrible. And he had 88 catches, almost 1,100 yards, six touchdowns, uh, on a team that threw for less than 3,600 yards in 17 games. So That was Rivers, right? Wentz, I think. Oh, Wentz is 20, right. Um. So it was encouraging, but last Rivers year... Rivers was, was his rookie season. Last year was not. Uh, all right, well, it doesn't matter. I mean, we're projecting Anthony Richardson, so... 
Uh, all right. Let's, let's go with look. the Colts. I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> you're counting on an injury for Gardner Minshew to play. Well, but keep in mind, I mean, if Richardson really stinks in the preseason, it's possible that he doesn't start week one. I would be shocked. And if he doesn't start week one, he's playing week two. Okay. I think rounds nine and 10 are pretty cool. Pretty exciting. Some nice names here. We're 34 wide receivers in. And tell me if you guys you know agree or disagree. How about this? Like, tell me, draftometer, zero to 10, how likely are you to draft this guy if you see him in round nine or 10? Or eight or nine, eight or nine. My bad, I skipped around. Still, I think it's exciting. Zero to 10, how likely are, are you to draft Marquise Brown? Eight and a half, nine. Yeah, nine. Okay, we like him. George Pickens. Seven and a half, eight. Five and a half, six. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Nine. Eight and a half. Jahan Dotson. A million. <laughs> Nine. Okay, so far so good with Pickens being the lowest. How about Jordan Addison? Uh, eight and a half. Yes. Half a million. Yeah. <laughs> well, you'd rather have Dotson than Addison? I would. So this is where I just I just say I'm just gonna go with the with the better offense here, and I feel very confident that Minnesota will have a better offense. I think they will have a better offense. I think that, that um, obviously, like there's a T.J. Hawkinson that doesn't exist in Washington, but yeah, that's I think that's fine. Okay. Um, All right. It's also Justin Justin Jefferson doesn't exist. <laughs> uh, that's true. I was assuming Jefferson's <laughs> not playing this year. Uh, JK. Uh, Traylon Burks. Oh, no, wait. Brandon Cooks before Traylon Burks. Brandon Cooks. Four and a half, five. Yes. He's in the Pickens range. Six, I guess. Traylon Burks. How about this? Traylon Burks. I thought about this. My Maybe <laughs> my favorite teammate strategy. We take Hopkins and Burks. Yeah. I'm surprised, like though, because usually you would do this with, like, more of a prolific offense. I know. That's the weird thing. I mean, look, I think my favorite based on ADP would be Jefferson and Addison. But, you know, you only get you only get one chance at Jefferson if you don't yeah, have the first I, for, for me, it would probably be a Chargers with Johnston. I draft a lot I might, of Johnston. I might do McLaurin, I'd do McLaurin and Dotson probably. Yeah, I just feel like— But that's going against the theory of taking a prolific passing game. That's not part of the theory, necessarily. The, the theory well, it should be. I mean, <laughs> well, it's better. It's always better. Um, the theory is you take two guys that you think are both good at their ADP, but if one of them gets hurt, you know, you, you know, you've got a super, you've got, a, in, in any scenario, you have one absolute must start. Well, I'll, I'll tell you one guy I draft a ton of, it, it, it's the third guy. It's Tyler Boyd. Really? He's so, he's free. Yeah. Okay. You, you do it with all the Chiefs guys. I mean, it's easy. Not really, because I, you don't have a guaranteed starter there. Oh, you want to have a guaranteed start? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, all right. You said uh, you're kind of low on, like mid mid on Burks and Cooks. Michael Thomas. Six and a half, seven. Yeah, he's right in that Burks range. Yeah, we've clearly hit a tier here, where we're excited about Marquise Brown, Jackson. Gabe Smith. Davis has gone. No, yet no, he's still there. That's crazy. Marquise Brown, JSN, Dotson, Jordan Addison. We like those guys. We're less enthused about Pickens, which is interesting. We can talk about him in a bit. Pickens, Brandon Cooks, Traylon Burks, 
Michael Thomas. Not that we don't want these guys. We're just not as excited to get them as we are Marquise Brown, JSN, Jordan Addison, Jahan Dotson. And Gabe Davis would be higher, right? Like Gabe Davis on the on this meter? Yes. Eight-ish? Yeah. Nine-ish? Yeah. How about Odell Beckham, Juju Smith-Schuster, or Cortland Sutton? Um, They're in Michael Thomas range. Not Beckham, but those other guys, so... Five and a half, six-ish. Yeah, Juju, Sutton, Beckham. All right, so let's say Pickens, Pickens, Cooks, Burks, Juju are all on the board. Who do you take? Well, Pickens easily. I mean, banking on upside there. I think I'd still go Burks. Okay. Why is it that people are so polarized on Pickens, you think? Some people really like him. Some people, because know. he makes super-duper highlight catches, and he had 14 fewer targets than Pat Fryermuth in one more game last year. The biggest thing will be is how much does his route tree expand and what type of targets will he be getting? And it's the, the, the biggest drawback for me is can he pick it? Is he going to take a step forward? I mean, you know, what, they had eight passing touchdowns last year? Twelve. Twelve. One of them was Chase Claypool. Or maybe they had 13 and one of them was Chase Claypool. It's Yeah, it's like that's miserable. And so when you know one guy is going to get so many targets, and as he said, which I agree, you know, who's going to be number two? I think it's a competition for it. Now, I, I hope it's Pickens just because of the nature of how these guys or the positions that they play. But, you know, it's it's hard to say Pickens has the ability to stand out. The nice thing is, is the plays that he's making, he's making against pretty good corners on his own team. So that's a very good defense that they're going up against. But there's a lot of times where you're seeing it's offensive pass interference that he's getting these catches. And yes. And if you if you really watch the quarterback, he's getting sacked on a lot of those plays too. You know, it's <laughs> the defense is just stopping and letting him throw. And yeah. I don't really think like it's it, there's there's a reason that there's so much offensive pass interference on those plays is because a lot of times when Kenny Pickett lets go of the ball, the George Pickens and the, the defensive player are standing right next to each other. Correct. I can. Well, it's, it's that thing. It's like you love the contested. Dave and I had this conversation when he made the bet of who's going to get more targets, Pickens or Johnson. Um, that, uh, you know, he's like, well, he's great in contested catches. So I, well, <laughs> the reason for that is quarterback can't, can't throw him open. <laughs> and, well, and he doesn't get open. Some guys are like that though. Like Kenny Galladay was like that. They're not they're not guys who get open. If you they make stop, stop. If you're comparing him to Kenny Galladay, he's in trouble. <laughs> no. Wrong. Wrong. Kenny Galladay had, had one good season. No, Kenny Might Galladay had, had two. They had a great second season. Um with Matthew Stafford. Right. I mean, that's the thing. I actually think if Kenny Pickett is good, it would really shake up fantasy football quite a bit, you know. Nobody's really expecting him to be good. I, I do think like those it, the 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 really good years or year that that Galladay had was on a team that was throwing quite a bit more than league average. We've talked about the like the the reason for drafting Najee Harris is because there's this thought that the Steelers are going to go super run heavy this year, like they did in the second half last year. Well, if that happens, it's not very good for the guy who had a 14% target share last year. Yeah. Uh, no, and it's not good for Deontay Johnson either. Johnson was good when they were throwing 39 or more times per game. Well, if you throw 500 passes and you have a guy who gets close to a 30% target share, he can still be really, really good in PPR. Yeah, it's not good for anyone, though, in the passing game if they run heavy. 
But but yeah, you're right. Uh, right. I just I, I think to just assume that George Pickens is going to have a 14 percent target share again isn't fair. He was a rookie, and hopefully he's the hope he is needs that a 20 percent. Hopefully he's the most talented receiver on the team. You know, maybe he's just about to take off. There's just no reason. He yeah. averaged 15 yards per catch last year. Not a lot of rookies I, average 15 15 yards per catch with 80 or more targets. Look, there's there's a lot to like, but there's reason to be concerned. And so Dave is excited, understandably so. You know, you watch these highlights, you see his contested catches, you see the profile. Look, he was undervalued coming out of college because of some of the issues and the and the, the injury concern. And so did he end up in the in the best spot to maximize his production potential? No. Could that change, as you said, Adam, if we get a better season out of Kenny Pickett? Sure. But that's a you know, a hope. Like where I have him ranked is more based on the the hope. I think Heath is just going with the the raw numbers, which I get. Let's talk about everyone else here as we finish on uh, George Pickens. So after, I guess we're at the Gabe Davis range here. About 45-ish wide receivers in. 41 was Michael Thomas. 42 was Beckham. 43 was Juju. 44 was Cortland Sutton. Now Gabe Davis, wide receiver 45. And he's not that low on the other websites. Gabe Davis is, let's see, Gabe Davis on Draft Sharks is 42, okay, uh, Gabe Davis on NFC is 37, but we like the value regardless. So after that, we have Kadarius Tony. So we should probably just talk about the Chiefs at this point. I don't know if Tony's still the first one off the board. It's probably Sky Moore. Where do you guys think Sky Moore should be drafted? Should he go ahead of Michael Thomas, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Cortland Sutton? Uh, I have him right now right behind Thomas, but I could see myself changing that. It's just a matter of at what point does Kadarius Tony become Kadarius Tony and make it a problem for I think all those guys, if he becomes you know the player that we're hoping he can eventually become. But all you're hearing is just positive things about Sky Moore, and I think the best thing is that right now if they were to line up in 12 personnel, he's on the field. He is their starting slot receiver, and but he's also playing in two receiver sets. That's great, and that's the I think the thing that will is really, and I tweeted about this this morning. Like, is that just because there's no Tony? If Tony's back at some point, is Sky Moore just playing in three wide receiver sets? I don't know the answer to that. Um, I would of the guys you mentioned, Adam. I would take Moore over Sutton. That's the only one. I take the other two guys over Sky. Um, I I struggle with Sky Moore versus George Pickens. Okay, I struggle with Sky Moore versus Kadarius Tony. You know, I, I totally understand Tony's always hurt, but Tony has at least done some good things in his NFL career that are really encouraging. I'm not going to hold it against Sky more that he hasn't, but I am going to give a point in Kadarius Tony's favor that he has been at times, very few times, really, really exciting. Yeah, but to be fair, I think you, you judge them based on their Chiefs tenure. And, you know, one oh, guy yeah. got a full offseason, one guy was traded midseason, so take that into account. But neither was really used very much. No, but that's I, that wouldn't really be my point. With the Giants, at least we saw that Kadarius Tony could be in a very small sample. It was a game and a half. No, it was two and a half. It was actually two. <laughs> Sorry. It was, but it was really <laughs> impressive. I mean, what he did, especially in the game he got hurt, one drive against the Rams. He had like three catches for 39 yards. He just What I'm saying is he did something that Sky Moore has never done. Sure. I, and yes. there's, there's, there, there's a pedigree difference. You know, one guy was a first round pick, one guy's a second round pick. But I would take the guy that probably has a more familiarity with the offense and has been on the field more times than not this offseason. Okay, and but I'm both, sorry. They, they both have a world of potential. Last point. 
before Kadarius Tony's injury, everything I read was about Kadarius Tony and about how he was the guy that the Chiefs were banking on. It was not about Sky Moore. It was right, always about Kadarius Tony. Worth remembering that he was injured at the first practice of the year. <laughs> Like so, everything that we heard about that was before they started training camp. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, they do have mini camps though. So, to be yeah. All right, let's just tell me. I'm going to name some names. Tell me if you want them on your team. Quentin Johnston, Zay Flowers. Yes, yes. Zay over Johnston, but yeah, I'm fine with both at round eight or nine or later. Jamie Zay over Johnston. Uh, Zay over Johnston. Yes. Now that that could change if. He gets a, a lot of positive reports about Rashad Bateman, but you know I think Flowers getting that head start is important. I know you want Sky Moore, so I'll read the other names in this late round group: Adam Thielen, Alan Lazard, Jamison Williams. I draft a lot of Jamison Williams, typically as a fifth receiver, with the hope of when he comes back, he's going to be the guy that he was expected to be. Um, so I would take him over Adam Thielen for sure. Who else did you say? Lazard, never. <laughs> uh, nope. For me, anyway. Adam, uh, Jameson Williams, Adam Thielen, and Alan Lazard. That's who I said. How about Sky Moore or Jameson Williams? Sky Moore. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I, the only one I've drafted out of this group is Adam Thielen, and that's later than this. Who's your first? I think it's bad news for Adam Thielen. There was a report a few days ago, earlier this week, that at least in one practice, Bryce Young starting to lean more on Hayden Hurst as his safety blanket than Adam Thielen. Because if Adam Thielen's not the safety blanket, he's going to be in trouble. Who's your first Panthers receiver off the board? DJ Chark. Um, right now it's Thielen. Okay. Jacoby Myers, Elijah Moore, Tyler Boyd. Jamie, you like two of these guys, right? As late round picks. Uh, Elijah Moore is in a different category for me. Yeah, way ahead. Yes. And Boyd is someone you take for free. Yeah, Boyd is just a – Boyd to me is, again, it, it, I wrote about this in the 10-team the recap. I took him as my fifth receiver in a 15-round draft in round 15. You know, it's just if there's an injury, I don't know if he's going to become a weekly starter, but he's going to be very popular for his quarterback, which would make him very popular in turn for fantasy managers. Okay, um, Rashad Bateman, Darnell Mooney, Rondell. Oh, I like Rondell Moore. Uh, but Rashad Bateman, Darnell Mooney, Rondell Moore, Jalen Hyatt. The thing that makes me concerned about Rondell Moore is that when they're in two receiver sets, I don't think he's on the field. And this is now a regime change. They like Michael Wilson a lot. Yeah. And the, the question that Arizona passing game is going to be who can be healthy. Um, like, cause Rondell Morris had all kinds of trouble staying healthy. Michael Wilson was never healthy in college. Like, I, I do think it does sound like it's Marquise Brown and Michael Wilson in two wide receiver sets. You have to run Jamie. Yeah, I do. All right. We'll finish off with Heath here. So is the, they need the studio for HQ. Um, yeah, no, look, I, we're at wide receiver 58 here, so I don't need him to be on the field in two receiver sets, but he's a very short area target, Rondell Moore, who could just rack up some cheap catches. Was there anything you wanted to say about Bateman? Hold on. Wait, wait. Don't do that. Oh, that's terrible. Hold on. Okay, go ahead, Jamie. Um, Bateman, Darnell Mooney, or Jalen Hyatt? Um, I have Bateman and Mooney a lot higher than Jalen Hyatt. Um, I think Bateman or Mooney are fine uh, around 10 picks. I don't like for Bateman the fact that um, that we've seen Zay Flowers get so much more run 
before he got there. But um, I, I also think like Mooney, if Justin Fields takes that leap, we could see two wide receivers in Chicago be good. Okay, we've got Zay Jones, Nico Collins. I know we like that one a lot. Nico's a great one. Yeah, Michael Gallup. No. KJ Osborne, Rashi Rice, Jonathan Mingo, Romeo Dobbs, DJ Chark. Uh, so Dobbs I love as well, and I like Mingo, and I would take Tank Dell over the rest of these guys. There you go, Tank Dell. Take him late. What about um, Justin Ross or Tank Dell? I'll take Dell. All right. Anyone else? Jaden Reed, Hunter Renfro, DPJ, John Mechie, Chase Claypool, Curtis Samuel. Uh, I think Reed is right there in that Mingo and Tank Dell range as rookie wide receivers who have a chance to make an impact. Last but certainly not least, Giants wide receiver. Give me one. I have my highest ranked Giants wide receiver is not listed in my rankings on the wide receiver rankings page. I'm going Slayton. It is currently I have Isaiah Hodgins at 168 overall. Um, but yeah, Slayton or I've got most of them all between 168 and 175. When you get to round 15 in your fantasy drafts, you just start low. And I think that happened in our pick by pick. It might have been round 14. But there were like five Giants wide receivers taken in one round. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They and I think it. they're probably all going to be dropped. But um Hodgins or Slayton it sounds like Slayton's having a great camp I just don't know like he kind of is in that Pickens mold is he ever going to have consistently more than five or six targets a game funny you bring up Pickens and Slayton Slayton was a rookie wide receiver who averaged 15 yards per catch or better and did not end up having a very good career so far not bad but not not fantasy relevant really um also Paris Campbell is their slot guy and might lead the receivers at least in catches all right that's it for this show that's it for wide receivers that's it for our position previews this will evolve and definitely want a lot more debate you know sometimes in these previews we don't get to really get into the debate in the mid rounds for example why jerry judy versus christian watson or whatever it might be uh so we'll do some of that in the upcoming weeks mailbag coming up later today if you're watching or tomorrow if you're listening have an awesome weekend everybody we'll talk to you soon